We are obviously starting the series on um, God on the move. Well, on the move. Today, God on the move. Church on the move. People on the move. Now, knowing who God is, what he cares about, and what he's doing in the world is vital first step for each of us. It's the essential foundation that we must build our lives upon. Who God is, what he cares about, and what he's doing in the world. If we build our lives on anything other than that, as based in scripture, we're gonna be on shaky ground. We will not fulfill the purpose that we were created for, no matter how hard we try. Now there are moments in life where each of us catch glimpses of who God is, what he's like, and they happen in different shapes or form. We just have to be there and be able to see for what it is. So a number of years ago, we were newly married. We were at Kariba on the houseboat. So we, uh, we park there um, and it was very, very calm, but the storm kicks up out of nowhere. Now I'd never experienced a storm on Lake Kariba. I always thought people were just telling stories. It's like a small lake. What really happens is not the ocean. Anyway, the storm kicks up and uh, suddenly we're sitting in the houseboat and the guard uh, ropes have been ripped off. The boat is now being bashed against the shore. Now I'm sitting there, obviously quite scared, but I'm recently mad. So um, I go there going, what should I do? And then I see Sarah's eyes and I'm just like, this is my opportunity. I see her looking on going, will he be a man? Will he not? Is this really the man I married? So I'm like, well, you know, it's a done I see her looking on, who cares about everyone else on the boat? So out we go to the back, the tender boats are getting smashed, who cares about the crocodiles? I'm trying to impress my wife. So we're, uh, we're, we're in the water, we're trying to pull the tender boats around. Um, it, was, it was carnage for about half an hour, um, but I, I like to think I look good in the process. Um, and, and, and while I was, we, we'd finished and we sort of tied it, the storm started to die down, but I went and I just thought, I can't believe there can be this much power in the wind and the waves to move a boat of that size. And this is just on a lake, let alone the sea, which is multitudes bigger, gave me a little glimpse into the fact that Jesus can calm the waves and the fact that he has control over nature. Um, it just astounded me that bit more about the power that he has at his disposal. Uh, fast forward a few more years, driving back in, in Australia, and those in Australia have seen a lot worse at the moment, but driving back from Zambezi Ministries where I used to lead, um, right as you get towards a watershed, well on either side there's these massive gum trees, and as we got there, the, it was sort of in full blaze on both sides of the road, the gum trees as high as they could get, and we sort of going, it's, it's all smoke, we can't really see anything, but in our typical gung-ho style, we're like, well, I mean, let's just drive, I'm sure there's no cars, everything's gonna be okay. But you could feel the heat on the car. You could feel the paint, you know, starting to uh, starting to melt in our vehicles. And uh, it, it it was again a, a nature, power, heat. It was an astounding moment of going. Um, this this is immense power. There could be many others that I could share that have been glimpses into God's might and power. We had kids and we went to visit a certain game park quite close to Harare. And as we're walking around with our little baby, they have these male lions in this enclosure. And the, the lions came from the other side in absolute silence and hit the fence right by where the kids were. And we were, I mean, the, the, when you see a lion like that, I was so grateful that I was on the other side of, uh, of the cage. But the lady then says to us, and I quote, I think that we should move on because they just don't know yet that they can climb over the fence. Um, it wasn't a very high fence at all. So we moved on, we moved on very quickly. But there's something about a lion 
in full movement with those eyes coming at you that just talks about power and might and strength. And then we could go on to beautiful things. I don't know how many of you have sat looking at a sunset, wherever it is, and just the majesty and the beauty of something as simple as a sunset. The list could go on. I wonder how many of you have had moments where you've sort of sat back and have struggled to describe the magnitude of something, the beauty of it, the moment of it. It could be any number of things, it could be a conversation, but we sit there going, there's something grand about what I'm experiencing, there's something magnificent about what I'm experiencing, and I can't quite describe exactly what it is. We could point to those moments in our lives that have stopped us dead in our tracks. And I believe each of those moments is there by God's goodness and grace to give us a glimmer, to give us just a tiny, tiny taste of what glory is, of what the word and terminology when we talk about the glory of God is. We get these glimmers, we get these senses, and it might be raw power, it might be incredible beauty, but they're all to give us a glimpse of what it means when we talk about the glory of God. And it's so important that we get his glory because then when we see him move in the world, we respond to it in the right way. So Ed Stetzer, a great um, leader, great speaker, he gives a great reason of why we exist. And the reason why I start off on glory is because it's so key. He says we exist for the glory of God and the mission of God. Now that's summed up by many other people. It's not like it's fancy words, um, but I thought uh, he, he, he mentions it over and over again in everything that he speaks about. So the glory of God is about who God is and the mission of God is about what he is doing. And these work hand in hand because God's desire for his own glory and why he acts for his own glory, then when the mission of God is fulfilled, it brings him glory. Because of who he is and the glorious nature of what he, uh, of, of, of what he does, it then feeds into the mission of God. So they work to bring our greatest good. And if you get these today, if you get the glory of God today by God's grace and the mission of God by God's grace, it will change everything in your life. It'll change what happens in the difficult times. It'll change the purpose that you feel when you wake up in the morning. It'll change everything in your life just by getting the right grounding on these. Really is my prayer today that maybe for the first time if you're here visiting, maybe afresh if you've been a Christ follower for many, many years, that you would get this. And as a result, you wouldn't ever have days where you wake up in the morning going, what's the point? You wouldn't ever wake up in the morning going, I wanna put my head in the ground and hide. You wouldn't ever wake up on a day and going, I just want to head to a secluded island and live by myself uh, in peace and quiet away from this world. If you get these today, you will never experience those feelings. Sure, going to a desert, uh, not a desert island, <laughs> going to a nice island would be great. And we all have days like that. But I'm talking about in general, if you get these two things, you won't experience that. I won't experience that because we will get what we were created for. If we grasp these as Christ followers, it changes everything. We will long for and be eager to join God on the move in what he is doing in the world. And I pray this will be the case for us as Harvest as a church in this time, in this nation, and beyond. So what is the glory of God and how do we glorify him? What is it? Well, defining the word glory is really quite impossible because God in and of himself is very difficult to give a very clear explanation of. But the new city catechism that we're going through helps with that in a great way, so get stuck in. But it's because by very nature he's indescribable, he's God. But 
through scripture and through people's definitions and comments, we again get these glimpses into who he is and into what his glory is all about. So look at some of these verses and I hope they're the verses that make us sit back for a moment on a normal Sunday and almost just go, we're in one of these moments because the words about who God is are so dramatically powerful. Look at this, I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols or anything else that anyone can live for. So it's talking about God's otherness. There is no one and nothing like him. His glory, his splendor, his grandeur, his greatness, no one else has, no one else has given, no one else will ever have in his light. Look at this verse talking about Jesus. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature. He sustains all things by his powerful word. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty, the glory of God on high. The son Jesus displays and embodies God's glory. So we get a glimmer again, we get a glimpse again of God's glory when we see Jesus. When we see him and how he lived and how he operated and now seated at the right hand of God, he displays again the physical side for us to see of God's glory. But sustaining all things by the power of his word. Incredible. Psalm 19 verse one, the heavens declare the glory of God, the expanse proclaims the work of his hand. So that's maybe what I saw a little bit in, the, uh, in, in nature when we were talking about uh, Lake Kariba. What we see in nature around us, what we see when we look up at the stars in the sky, again, gives us a glimpse into what glory is, what the glory of God is. This one, preached on it a few weeks ago. I love it. Then Moses said, please let me see your glory. So he asked for it. He said, I know who God is, but God, I want to see this strange word again. I want to see your glory. So God said, I will cause, this is so interesting. He asked for glory. God said, goodness. Interesting, God didn't say, sure, I will walk in front of you and you'll see my glory. He said, no problem, Moses, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. So who God is, his very character, the pure essence of goodness is also another indicator when we talk about glory, what that's about. I'll cause my goodness to pass in front of you and you will proclaim the name, the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. It's amazing how glory and goodness are used hand in hand. It's tied in with his goodness. Then the final one for a short bit in terms of verses, David in the psalm. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. So again, strength and power is tied up. And when we talk about the glory of God that we live for, it's tied up in that. God is the pinnacle of all power and all beauty. We get this picture of absolute otherness, radiance, beauty, power, goodness, but all of it is grasping at the magnificence of God. And if you and I get this today and every day, it will change everything in our lives. If we get what his glory is for and what living for his glory is all about. Look at some of these excellent quotes. 
Sam Storms, brilliant one. Glory refers to the visible splendor or the moral beauty of God's manifold perfections. The glory of God is the exhibition of his inherent excellence. It's the external manifestation of his internal majesty. To glorify God is to declare, draw attention to, or publicly announce and advertise his glory. If you want to find out more on this, there's a brilliant blog article. Go to Sam Storms, search for it, and then just type in the glory of God. He just goes for it. Pages and pages and pages of trying to get to grips with the glory of God. Absolutely astounding. That's what we're living for. There's another few I've got. J.I. Packer, some of you all know. The answer that the Bible gives to the question that begins, why did God? The answer is, is for his own glory. I.e. everything God does, who he is, the glorious one, everything he does is for his glory. And the final one, uh, before I get stuck into the mission, the Westminster Confession of Faith, the chief end of man, the reason why you and I are here on this earth every day when we wake up is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever now and for all eternity. So I can guarantee you, if you wake up tomorrow morning and the first thing you do as you open your eyes is go, the reason why I'm here is for the glory of God, to glorify him, to, dis, to show and show the world who he is, I can guarantee you, you will experience purpose tomorrow. 100%. And if you do it the next day, you'll experience purpose. And the next day, and the next day. The times we don't experience purpose in, lives, in our lives is when we take our eyes off the reason why we're here. That's when we start to lose out on our purpose. So we need to get really good at that. It's really important that we recognize that everything God does is for his own glory. Everything God allows is for his glory. Everything God goes after or pursues is for his own glory. When God acts, it's for the sake of his name. All of his, and all of this, all of his works and everything he does for his glory works out for our good. Everything. Everything works out when he's working for his glory because that is the best possible thing to work for. It becomes for our good. So we exist to glorify God, to make much of him, to proclaim his absolute beauty and magnificence to the world. God experiences the most praise and the most honor when he is our number one priority and we experience the most purpose. So if you're struggling for purpose here today, Maybe you've headed into 2020. It's all a bit of a muddle. You're, you're, you're living it out, but it's a bit of a muddle and there's mix of family or other stresses. If you're struggling for purpose, put your eyes and your gaze onto God and his glory and purpose will rise and hope will rise and you start to run the race that you're called for. But if your eyes move onto anything else, either if they move inward on yourself or if they move outward but not upward first, then you'll start to lose purpose, you'll start to lose impact on what you're called for. So if you're struggling for joy, if you're struggling for purpose, start gazing on the wonder of God this morning. Start thinking about the magnificence of who he is. Our minds are powerful. Start thinking about it. What, what takes up most of your thought life during the day? We have to train our minds. Start thinking about him. Get those scriptures down that I, that I went for or get other scriptures on his glory. Start thinking on those. Start speaking about his glory. When you're having coffee with a mate or you're chatting around the table with your family, start speaking about the magnificence of who he is. I can guarantee you it will take your eyes off the struggles in this world and put them onto what is most important. And it may sound a little bit strange, it may feel a little bit strange to start, but let's get good at it. 
So that's the essential starting point to seeing God on the move, is to first knowing who he is. Because otherwise, we won't want to join him on his mission if we don't understand the beauty and the power and the majesty. So, second one, and that's the last one. What is the mission of God and how do we join him? What is the mission of God and how do we join him on it? Put simply, the mission of God is to be known. His mission is that everyone would know his glory, would know who he is, and would respond to it. That's, that's the simple mission of God, for his glory to be known, for his love to be known, for the world to know and to see him for who he is. That's his mission. He knows very clearly who he is, he wants us to. Because of sin in the world, his mission is to reestablish relationship with you and I. That's his mission. It's the great mission of God that permeates the scriptures as he reveals his nature as both the sender, he's the one who sent, and the one who is sent as well in Jesus. His mission is for his glory and it's for our greatest good and he invites you and I to join him on that mission. And today is just gonna be the challenge of will you join him today? And as we go into next week, the church on mission and you personally on mission, it's gonna be how do we practically do that? Even before Christ came, God shows his mission. Ah, another great, uh, a great quote that I've got. Trevor Wax writes for Gospel Coalition. God's mission among us is to glorify himself through the work of redeeming or buying back people and restoring creation. Isaiah 43, this talks a bit more about his mission. And this is before Christ came. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who bears my name and is created for my glory, I have formed them indeed and I have made them. This great picture of God going, there's this people I've created for myself. Everyone whose names are counted that I knew from the beginning of the world began and they've headed far off. They're living for themselves, but I will will buy them back. I will pursue them. I will go hard after them and I will call them in every possible way I can. Psalm 106 verse 8 backs up the Isaiah 1. Yet he saved them for his name's sake to make his power known. He saved them. It's talking about the Israelites coming through um, the sea. He saved them. He saved this people in that one moment for his glory and for their good as he starts this rescue mission. John 17 verse one, Jesus has come. And look at what he says, getting towards the end of his life, talking about his mission in being the sent one. Jesus spoke these things. He looked up to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. This is when he's about to go to the cross. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you. You see his mission and who he is, it's tied into each other all the time. Jesus coming to earth was the perfect display for us to visibly see what God cares about and who he cares about. If you're wondering what God's about in the world, look at Jesus. If you're wondering how you can be part of what he's doing in the world, look at Jesus and follow Jesus. Then you'll know. It'll be very clear for you to know. If you wanna know what following God is like, look at what Jesus went through. Look at how he lived, then you'll know what following God is like. This verse shows us that God's mission and God's glory are inseparable. God receives glory as his mission takes place on earth. And then right at the end, and I'm, I'm getting towards the close, right at the end of the Gospel of John, but as Jesus has died, he's rose again, risen again, he's now speaking to his disciples. This is what he says to them. 
peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I now send you. I've been on mission, I've shown you what God cares about, what I care about, and now the responsibility is on you. God is always on mission, he's always on the move, and we are to continue that mission, and we are his plan A, and there is no plan B. Many scriptures about that, I'll cover that when we look at you and I on mission. But we are plan A, we are his plan to bring about his mission on earth. As I close off, the incredible truth as we look at all of this is what we see in Revelation at the end of scriptures is this. It's that God wins. We know the end story. God wins. God is glorified in all things and he is victorious over all powers and we experience the eternal joy of that. That's what we have to look forward to as Christ follows. Is that death on this, on this earth is not the end. We get to experience his victory over all powers and his supreme glory forever. You and I in 2020, but every day of our lives, we need a vision bigger than ourselves. A vision that we're willing to sacrifice and change to get to. That's what you and I need. I could promise you that living for God's glory and his mission is the greatest vision that you and I can have every day when we wake up. It's the greatest one. There's nothing else greater that you can live for than his glory and his mission. It's why we're here. It's why we exist. And anything short will not satisfy. It will not satisfy. If you're struggling for satisfaction today, it's because your eyes are not on the glory of God and on the mission of God. If your eyes move to that, it will change right away. So the final question that I leave you with is will you live today for the glory of God and for the mission of God? That's the question, will you? Once you have that settled in your heart, once you have it settled going, I know. God's touched me, I know. That is what I'm living for. Every day, that is what I'm living for. If he does that deep within your heart, it will transform and it will change everything in your life. Next week, we're gonna look and we're gonna go and practically as a church in 2020, how do we do this as a church practically? to live for God's glory and God's mission during our times on earth and I can't wait because the reality is the reason why we have to care so much about the church of Jesus, why we have to care so much about meeting together with all of our differences and our struggles and our trials is because the church is God's ultimate vehicle to bring about his glory and his mission on earth. It's what he's laid out, it's what he has decided, and that is why we have to care and love and go hard after the church of God. So get set for a cracker in the next few weeks. Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, I pray that right now you would give each of us a taste, a glimmer, a glimpse of your beauty, your majesty, your grandeur, your power, your glory. Father, if we just see a taster of that, we will never be the same. We will live for you no matter what when we see who you are. We will give our lives for your mission every day, whether it's easy or whether it's hard, when we understand the one who calls us to that mission. 
So Holy Spirit, we can't manufacture this, we can't create this, but I know that if we have open hearts and if we have open minds and open spirits and if we truly say, Lord Jesus, show us more of your glory and we wanna live for your mission and if that's the foundation of our lives on earth, I know that we will not be shaken. I know that we will have dramatic purpose every morning that we wake up. I know that we won't tire in our faith. I know that we'll have perseverance through the difficult times and I know that we will have an electrifying joy because we get to be part of the King of Kings on his mission and as we do, we have taste after taste after taste of your glory. Also, we would be bold as a people like Moses. We would say, daily, Lord Jesus, show us more of your glory. Show us more of your goodness. Show us more of your otherness to us. And as we're filled and overflowing with what it means to live in your glory, we will live that out radically in your mission. So I pray that these next few weeks, today as we head from here and as we we head into the next few weeks, it would be dramatically significant that we would see you as a God on the move, we would be a church on the move, we would be individuals on the move, and as a result, our communities, our friendships, our businesses, our city will not be the same, because I know that if 12 people, 12 disciples who you chose, stuck their hand up to be counted, what can happen? if a church of a few hundred does that? What can happen in our neighborhoods and our cities if we take this seriously? So Father, I pray we would. I pray that we would now and for the rest of our lives. In your powerful name we pray, amen.